0: as hell and i want to get ill so i go to a place where my homeboys chill fellas out there trying to make that dollar i pulled up
1: in the six four impala
0: welcome back everyone to another episode of the board as hell podcast i'm adam mcdonald with big shiny robot and cinema queens
1: and i am andy wilson of graphic policy and the hall of greatness Oh, see, there we go. We're getting we're getting
0: more and more stuff on here now. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> just, pretty soon, the intro will take longer than uh, Will to actually review the movie. Uh, but yeah, this week we actually have just one movie. Uh, it's it's, it's I, I think you might have heard about it. It's called Solo, a Star Wars story.
1: Uh, no. One of those. What, no? What what is Star Wars? Star what Wars. Is, what is a Star Wars?
0: Something that took place a long time ago.
1: So I I don't know. It's in a I've galaxy heard. far, far away. I've I've heard rumors, yes.
0: (laughs) Uh, But this is the uh, the second uh, Star Wars story spinoff. So we had uh, Rogue One was the one we had two years ago or a year and a half ago, and then this is uh, Solo. And this is kind of the origin story about where Han Solo came from, how he kind of became the best pilot in the galaxy, got the Millennium Falcon, met like his iconic friends like Lando Calrissian and such. Uh, But it stars uh, Alden Ehrenreich. Ehrenreich, how do you say his name? Hey, Alden, come on the show. Tell us how to say your name and I'll say it right. Uh, yes. We is...
1: would love to do that. Because... Oh, yeah, we would love to do <laughs> and I'll, I mean, not
0: just through this, but, you know, everything else you've done, you know, just we could probably spend yeah. an hour talking with you about Hail Caesar. Right. Uh, so we meet uh, a young Han Solo. He's living on Corellia. He's already an adult, but a young man, and he's working for an evil crime lord uh, to basically steal things and, you know, pickpocket people. And he's trying to escape with his girlfriend, Kira, who's played by Amelia Clark. They uh, get some... Uh, hyperspace fuel to bribe an Imperial agent. He gets to the gate and she gets captured. So he promises he will come back. Uh, He decides to go join the military academy to become a pilot. Uh, While on a mission, three years later, he ends up meeting a bunch of no-gooders led by Woody Harrelson, who plays Tobias Beckett. He's a leader of a group, like a little little mini crime gang, uh, trying to steal an Imperial craft to get off this, this planet. Uh, Han Solo meets Chewie, they hop on the <clears throat> on the uh, thing, they get away, and basically get involved with the Crimson Dawn Crime Syndicate, which is led by Dryden Voss, who is Paul Bettany, and they have to go steal all this fuel so that they can then sell on the black market, make millions and millions of credits, and along the way they meet Lando, wackiness ensues, and that's probably all I want to say because there's a lot of cool little easter eggs and throwbacks and nods to previous Star Wars movies, even novels in the uh, EU that yeah. huge fans are going to love. And that I didn't even video catch... Games. You know,
1: video oh, games. Video games. There's a really out there video game reference. Whoa. But it was a really, really bad
0: fighting game that every single one of us played Black on the PlayStation back in the 90s because we just were star for Star Wars stuff.
1: Uh, because who doesn't want to have a Star Wars fighting game? That's so cool. And actually, there, there was this really cool thing where that was one of the first games that had uh, a different hitbox for each of the characters based on where you hit them. And at the time it was like, oh, it's so revolutionary. If you hit them in the head, it actually like hits their head. And if you hit them in the knee, then it hits them in the knee. But the game mechanics just sucked and it was terrible. But yeah, like that showed up in the movie. And I was like, okay, cool. Terrace, Kelsey, whoa, that's... Yeah, and I That's didn't I out. didn't
0: catch it until my second time through, so that was really fun to you know you're going to see this movie multiple times. Uh, see an IMAX if you can. We, the screening last night was an IMAX, and it was really cool. Uh, 2D IMAX because I this isn't really a, a 3D type movie because uh, yeah. there are there's a lot of scenes where it's very very dark, uh, especially when they're in space doing when they're when they're running around in space. Uh, it's a bit dark, yeah. but. Uh, Andy, so you so last night was my second time because they did a special "Don't You Know Who I Am" screening last week for us, and I was really sad you didn't get to see it then because I wanted to be able to talk to you about it right away. And we've barely talked, so give us your thoughts on the movie. I, I mean, I
1: really love this. It, I went into this kind of skeptical. I'd heard about all of the problems behind the scenes, and when they replaced Phil Lord and Chris Miller with Ron Howard, I was like. And Ron Howard, like, he's good. Oh, yeah. He's uh, sometimes. Sometimes he's good. I was like, I'm like, he's good, but it doesn't really instill me with confidence. I feel so bad. I apologize. I am sorry, Ron Howard. You brought it home. Uh, this could have been a complete Franken movie. We've talked uh, on the podcast before about other movies that, you know, one director started and another director finished. And you can tell and you can see the seams between them. Uh, this was seamless. This was very well done. Uh, whatever happened behind the scenes, they came out with a great product. And uh, it, it, it's this strange alchemy of both being very faithful to these old characters, um, but also having a very present day important social message about equality and oppression and um, and, and found family and, and and there was really a lot going on in there. Oh yeah so I, I was just really impressed by all of that. Uh, mostly it was just really fun. It's a heist movie it's an adventure movie and uh, that's that's really what you want out of your Star Wars So I, I don't have a ton of complaints about it. I was very
0: happy. And and above all, I mean, this is a Star Wars movie. I mean, it's just dripping with the lore and the history and the canon of Star Wars. And, you know, I was right with you where, you know, Ron Howard has done some good things. And then he made the stupid Mm -hmm. Dan Brown movies that are Mm -hmm. just god awful. I think think Inferno made my list of top worst five movies of the year when it came out. Uh,
1: Inferno is terrible.
0: So, yeah, like when I first heard that he's taking over, I was really dubious. And so I went in honestly just thinking, like, if this doesn't suck, I'll be happy. Uh, right. I, I'm right with you. I will be the first one to put my hand up and be like, "I'm sorry, I was wrong. I should have had more faith in what Lucasfilm is doing with this, and obviously Disney with their with their huge investment." Uh, this is just a ton of fun. It's 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 about two hours and 15 minutes. I'd say it's around there. Uh, it doesn't feel like it. It's there's very rarely a dull moment. Tons of action and fun and funny and interesting from the moment the the credits open until you know we get our our final fanfare. And I walked out of the theater and uh, our Disney rep was there and he's like, so what'd you think? And all I could think of was, I never thought I would say this, but I want a sequel to a Han Solo movie. Like, right? I want to wow, know what happens yeah. next and I want to see where this is going to go. Like, what well, you know, because what happens between here and New Hope? I mean, there's still so much more they could branch out on. And I just, I never thought in a million years I'd have that thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, normally I, I'm like, there's problems with prequels. And the, the big problem is I heard someone refer to it as uh, the Prometheus problem. That all anyone wanted out of Prometheus was at the end of the movie was to see the space jockey sitting on the chair. And they wanted to find out how the space jockey got on the chair in Aliens or in Alien. Like that's that's all you were looking for. Uh, and and so there's a certain element of this, like how did Han Solo meet Chewbacca? How did Han Solo get the Millennium Falcon? How did Han Solo meet Lando? Those became the least interesting parts of this movie. Oh yeah, and, no, definitely. And they they were like window dressing uh, on on all of this. And instead, there was this very rich sense of this young kid who is surrounded by just so much oppression and nowhere to go. And he keeps making desperate choices all in the pursuit of trying to be free. And, you know, he's, he's straddling this line between uh, trying to be this, this criminal, this smuggler, this thief, um, and, and this good guy, because he's ultimately what he's fighting against are, these really terrible forces. Yeah. Uh, whether it's it's gangs or the Empire or whomever, he's just trying to get free. And and he's trying to get home to try and rescue this girl who uh, who he's in love with. And that's such a, a great and interesting story. Right. I, I think they, they did it so well. You can see he's both the smuggler and the hero.
0: Right, and, there, and there's a great interaction with him and Kira where she's trying to explain to him she's like no you you have to understand that you are a good guy And he's like no i'm 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 an outlaw i'm a smuggler on this and when it comes down to it is as much as yes he is a scoundrel and he's a scruffy looking nerf herder and always does kind of look out for himself that it 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 was very true to his character that in the end he's always going to do the right thing i mean in new hope he came back and you know helped luke blow up the death star uh he's he is a hero as much as he wants to be that that outlaw and that that scoundrel that's dwarfed by his his desire to do what's good and what's right, and, and that was great. And I, I know we were all excited for uh, Donald Glover as Lando because Donald Glover is an absolute oh, genius, and and he, and he that mean he's more Lando than Billy D. Williams was in some points. I mean, he just he's got it, and oh yeah, and he's so wonderful. But I mean, everyone was good. I mean, Alden Ehrenreich was great as so, so Han Solo. I mean, they said he's Solo. It was right after Hale Caesar. Like we're in good hands, and he is. He right. gets that young, idealistic. Han Solo we never got, because when we met him later on, it was after he you know, obviously met up with Jabba, had some problems, been in this for a while. And you kind of see him, you know, again, being the hero and being the good guy, but still just kind of wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, and still trying to figure things out. Uh, Woody Harrelson, and as Tobias Beckett, is
1: fantastic, too. Beckett is great. Uh, Woody Harrelson, I mean, there's some movies where he shows up and he's just kind of going through the motions. You get it, and he becomes this sort of father figure to Han Solo and uh, he learns a lot from him. Um, and, and as he's joining up with this crew, the other outstanding piece that I was totally not expecting, John Favreau plays this alien pilot who's on the crew.
0: Yeah, his name like is Rio
1: Durant, yeah. Just fantastic, fantastic, and amazing uh, character building and design. And he's, he's real. I mean, it's it's so great. It's such great digital creature work out of Lucasfilm, and and Fabro just nails it uh, with the voice. Fabreau obviously loves Disney. Uh, he's done great work, uh, having having done voice work on Clone Wars previously, and um, you know he's he's going to be doing a live action TV series for the mm-hmm. Star Wars. I'm I'm excited for that too. I'm I can't think of another person, you know, the guy who invented the MCU along with Feige by bringing right Iron exactly, and, and he's gonna he's gonna bring us more Star Wars, and he buried it. He's obviously very comfortable in this
0: game. Yeah, and, and and the best character we my my favorite character at least that we haven't even talked about uh, was the droid L three three seven, voiced by Phoebe or oh. Bridge. This is like Lando. This is like before Lando met Lobot. This is like Lando's droid companion who helps him fly the Millennium Falcon. Snarky, smartass, funny, gets some of the best one-liners in the whole entire movie. It's like it's imagine a snarkier K two S O. But all about droid rights and droid revolution. <laughs>
1: yeah. Social justice droid. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Social justice droid. I loved her. And the fact that like she was just kind of like, you know, she's like, yeah, I'm I'm in for this scheme and whatever, but really I'm I'm all about revolution. And uh, in in that sense, she's kind of like a backwards Korg from Thor Ragnarok where he had this like revolutionary bent, mm-hmm. and uh, except she's like actually putting it into play, and and that's that's kind of fun. I just I thought she was great, and there's some really touching stuff between her and and Lando, and <laughs> this idea that uh, that Lando is pansexual. There's some intimation there that that maybe could possibly include robots.
0: It, it could, and uh, and actually, it's funny because when you know, after I saw the movie for the first time, like I was definitely picking up on some pansexual vibes, but I was like, you know, honestly, is it what they're really intending, or am I just like hungry for representation? Because I'm not, I'm not pan, but I am gay, and that's pan falls under the whole LGBTQIA umbrella. And right. uh, I was like, was like, am I, just, am I reaching for this? And then our our good friend Brian Young, who is probably the biggest Star Wars expert in the world outside of like the people in Lucasfilm. He had uh, he texted me like the day after. He's like, "Did you get the feeling that Lando was was, was pansexual?" I'm like, "I did." And, like, this is what I listed ideas. Like, L three tells him to stop flirting with Han. He's you see him coming on to different aliens and races and sexualities, and I like, said even droids right. sometimes. And I was like, "Yeah, I just I didn't I didn't know if I was just reaching." Uh, and then no, sure enough, that the day or two after was when they uh, released the story that Jonathan Kazin said yes, he is pansexual, and Donald Glover said it as well. And actually the quote I have right here from Donald Glover is like, how can you not be pansexual in space?
1: There's, right. <laughs> there's so many,
0: there's so many things to have sex with. I, I didn't think that was weird. He's coming on to everybody. It just didn't seem that weird to me because I feel like if you're in space, it's kind of like the doors open. Like this thing is literally a blob. Like, are you a man or a woman? So who cares? And I know there are some in the community who are upset because they didn't come right out and say, yes, he's pansexual or show him in relationships with really anyone but also, you know, if they do a Lando movie, which there's talk of that and it's all rumors and speculations, I would hope they would address that more in the movie. The way they they kind of addressed uh, Deadpool's pansexuality in Deadpool 2 and did give us her first queer superhero. If I'm sitting there and I'm I'm picking up on clues that, you know, yes, and the, and the parts in this movie have nothing to do with relationships. It's about they're doing this heist to get this, uh, this fuel. And I pick that up. And then they they do say, yes, this is what's happening. If it, if this movie had involved a relationship with anyone aside from Kira and and Han Solo, I could say maybe how those points are valid. But I mean, it was coming on pretty strong to me, so I I, I was just glad to see right. that I wasn't the, I wasn't reaching. Actually, this was something they had said, and maybe in the, you know a long time ago in a galaxy far away, being pansexual was the norm. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's it, it's all reaching still, but I think they uh, the fact that it has been confirmed does leave that door open now to later movies that I'm hoping to see Lando in more because, again, Donald Glover is a genius and he was perfect as Lando. Uh, that would allow that to come more to the forefront in a more deep dive into his
1: character. So here's what they do. It's not a solo sequel. It's a Lando sequel featuring Han and Chewie. That, that'd work. I'd, 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 I, I, could get, I could get behind that a hundred percent, but, but I, yeah, I want more of these characters and I want, more of uh, of their journey and and what they did, because there's obviously a lot of growth between uh, where they start out here and uh, and where they end up in in Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Man, Han is really rough around the edges. And if I were uh, a Star Wars internet troll writing about Han Solo the way that I wrote about, say, Ray, I would write him off as being a total Mary Sue. How did Han Solo get so good at flying? We never saw him learn how to fly. How did he get he got so good at the Academy? So, you know, he yeah. says that. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm making a point more about the trolls than the, than oh, the I know story. Where yeah, but, uh, but yeah, uh, that's, that's the whole thing is, but even then, he's still really rough around the edges. He's, he makes mistakes, uh, things that are almost deadly, and in some cases, things do turn deadly along this way. Uh, you know, this is a prequel, and we know that Han, Chewie, and Lando all survive, but uh, who knows about the rest of the characters? And um, and there are there are character arcs, some of them uh, heartbreaking for some of them. You know, you you fall in love with these characters, and then they're gone, and you're like. Oh, whoa. <laughs> uh, I mean, in that way, it's, it's a little bit like Rogue One, uh, although nowhere near as tragic. This is, this is a more straight-up adventure story. But really, it follows the formula of a great heist movie. And the best part of a heist movie to me always is uh, the criminals are always one step ahead of everyone else. And there's always a time when you think, oh, no, they're caught. And uh, there's no way they could have thought their way out of this one. Uh, And no, you, they, they find a way. And, and that's always, that's always the fun. This follows that formula and it's, it's just beautifully perfect. Yeah.
0: So it's, it's a ton of fun. It's definitely a star Wars film. I went in really dubious, like I said, because of, of the director and everything else, but I've seen it twice in less than a week. I want to go see it again. And, I was trying to, like, rank my Star Wars movies, and I was like, well, there's only ten of them. Uh, but, you know... It, only ten. Only ten, yeah. Which, you know, five years ago, would have been like, wait, there's gonna be more than six Star Wars movies? What? Uh, which oh, just wait, shows wait, wait, how wait. spoiled not, we are.
1: We're not counting the Caravan of Courage or the Battle for Endor. Don't so forget them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there's been so many Super. wonderful memes posing up about that lately, so... Uh, which actually right. I, I saw those as a kid and liked them because I didn't know any better, but I haven't watched them in like right. twenty years. Uh we own them actually. I think we have them on Blu-ray somewhere or DVD. Oh you poor thing.
1: I'm so sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, think, actually, I think it's been living in the in the, the glove box of my trunk for like a year and a half. But you, this I, I put this up there on my top four Star Wars movies.
1: So I I really liked it a lot. I don't know. I'm having a really hard time with that. I liked the movie. I liked it a lot. I feel like the Last Jedi just shook the foundations of what it is to be a Star Wars movie and to be a great Star Wars movie. I'm having a hard time not judging it against that and how awesome that was. Is it in the top five? I don't know. It's close if it isn't, but it's a good Star Wars movie. It's it's one that I can unabashedly recommend to anyone. Regardless of how they feel about the Star Wars prequels, mm-hmm. about J.J. Abrams and the new walls. you know, every—it's funny. Everybody seems to like Rogue One. It's kind of this like medium space where everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that was a good movie. Everybody liked it. No one was against it." I, I think. People are going to feel the same way about Solo. I can't imagine people being upset about it because even despite there being some like social justice messaging in there, I think people can take it with a spoonful of sugar that it's being brought to you by white men and a Wookiee and a robot. So, you know, yeah. there, there's that.
0: So, but yeah, it, it's a ton of fun. I was talking with some uh, other people who I took a lot. I took, I actually got a bunch of tickets to take people last night. So I was, I was really excited. My oh, that's my fun. my buddy got to take his son, who's a huge Han Solo Star Wars nerd, and they they rarely get to see movies together just because they're always so busy. So I was like, "Hey, hey, bring him! I got tickets for you guys." And so his his son is like, thinks I'm the coolest person on earth right now, uh, yeah. and he was so excited to go to school today and be like, "Okay, so I saw the Solo movie, but I can't tell you anything because they like took our phones away before we went in there." Like he's, he's a bit <laughs> flabbergasted about that. Uh, no, but it's, right. I, I've heard people have some problems with it. I. I don't. I just had a ton of fun with it. It was better the second time around. Uh, I'm at a 9 out of 10. I, I really loved it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm at an 8 out of 10 with a caveat that I might upgrade that at some point. I was a little bit tired when I saw it, and maybe I just wasn't as into it. Maybe I need to have some caffeine uh, before I go into it this next round. But I don't have that much negative to say about it. It's just, hey, do you want what movie do you want to go see in the theater right now? I would go see Infinity War, Deadpool, Solo, in that order. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just because I'm going more on the Marvel vibe right now than I am on the Star Wars vibe. Uh, but that shouldn't reflect poorly on Solo. It's a great movie. We, we are just so blessed to live in a time with uh, so many great entertainment options. People are going to look back on may and june of 2018 and be like what the heck exactly yeah what is what is going
0: on like how are you again we never saw this coming and we just we the fact that we've gotten so many great funny not always perfect but wonderful movies that are so geek centric that are just blowing away records and everyone's going to go see across the world uh, I right. I honestly didn't see that coming. Anyway, so yeah, solo. Go see it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, take your kids. It's, you know, it's a couple of scary parts, but overall, it's pretty good for people of all ages. Uh, next yeah. week, we've got the movie Adrift, uh, which is based on a true story about two sailors. Uh, I don't know if they're married or if they were just dating. Uh, in real life, they were named Tammy Oldham and Richard Sharp. They are played by Shailene Woodley and Sam Claflin, respectively. Uh, they're sailing around the, or sailing not around the world, but somewhere in the ocean, and they sail directly into a huge hurricane. Uh, they finally wake up after it's all over to find out that Richard is injured, the boat is in ruins, no one knows where they are, and they have to find a way to survive to get back to land. So I saw one trailer; it looks terrifying. Uh, yes, <laughs> but uh, we will be back next week to let you know how it is. But until then, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon.
1: I'm Mary Poppins, y'all.
0: Trippin' but it's alright Homie scored a key He's gonna fly
1: Punk ass fly